Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Five Rings to Rule Them All. I'm Sid Ziegler. If you follow skiing, you know Michael Spencer. He is an agent who has represented some of the top names in the sport, and that's how I first met him a few years ago, representing Gus Kenworthy. He's been with Gus pretty much since the beginning of Gus's career. And when he and I were chatting about his newest client, speed skater Connor McDermott Mustoe, I thought, boy, it would be kind of interesting to have Michael on and talk about not just representing Gus, uh, and and he has tons of really great, interesting stories about representing Gus and Gus coming out. Uh, they were together, you know, when that happened. They were, uh, he was his agent when that when all that happened. And 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 Michael talks about how he counseled Gus through his personal and public coming outs, but also just talk about representing gay athletes in general. There are only a a couple. There are only two athletes. I know on the men's side who have legit shots, like really legit shots at the Olympics, it's Gus and Connor, and he represents both of them. So that's it's kind of an interesting thing. He lives in uh, he lives in Utah, and he's not gay himself. He's he's straight, but he has a lot to say about the entire topic of gay athletes, um, language in sports. Uh, the intention of athletes when they say stupid stuff. Uh, it became a fascinating conversation. And as you'll notice, I a lot of times in this conversation, just shut up and listen because Michael's a good storyteller and he's got a lot of sh- stuff to share. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with super agent uh, Michael Spencer. Michael, thank you so much for joining me. You have such an interesting story of how you got into um, into this work. Just tell us, walk us through it. Yeah, it's funny. Um, interesting is, I mean, I guess it is interesting to some. To me, it was just, a, it's a, a random twist of events, right? Like life always throws things your way. And it's a question of whether, you know, how you take it as an opportunity or not. Um, you know, I skied at a fairly high competitive level, um, mainly through the nineties, all through the nineties. Um, and so kind of t- speaks of my age as well and went to law school, um, started law school fall in 98 and graduated, um, from Pepperdine law school in spring of 2001. What was interesting though, was while I was in law school, I was still competing a little bit strictly for fun. It just, there was a random event. I decided to do it when I was home in park city and, uh, I skied in that event and it was super fun because it was like, I wasn't really trying to, you know, better my career, but I did really well just because there was no more pressure. I wasn't trying to be something. So it made it really fun. And the point being is what happened was I blew out my knee though. Um, not in that event, but a couple of events later, as I was kind of like, oh, this is fun. And I probably blew out my knee because I was, you know, I was at Pepperdine in Southern California, not skiing or training at all, but I just show up to events. So anyway, because of that, um, I ended up needing to, I stayed in LA and did law school between my second and third year law, um, law school. So I did summer school rather than doing an internship or an externship because I had actually gotten an opportunity to do an externship between my first and second year. 
because of that, I was actually done with all my credits except for one um, by December of 2000. So in order to get that last credit, um, we moved back to Utah and I got a job at the Salt Lake Organizing Committee. So that's kind of really where the twist of events was, is like get back to Utah um, and have this opportunity with, with the Olympics. And that was really kind of where I was like, wow, I'd love to be able to stay here, work, do this through the Olympics. And then maybe, you know, I, I always had it in my mind, like, if I'm going to be a lawyer, I'm going to work in-house counsel. I do not want to work in a law firm. But because of athletes I knew, and I'd moved back early enough, and my my wife at the time was an Olympic gold medalist from 1998, so and she became the ambassador of the Salt Lake Games and all these things. And so I had a bunch of athletes ask me to help them with contracts, and I started helping them. And then I was like, wait a minute, like we need to make some changes here, and da da da. da. And I was like, you need representation. And I knew like my wife had an agent in 98 and, and through the rest of her career and all that. So it was like, I kind of knew what was going on with being a sports agent, but I just like rolled the dice and I had a handful of athletes that agreed like, yeah, represent me. And I was like, this is great. So I took the chance knowing that like, hey, if this doesn't work out, I'll go back to being a lawyer. And 20 years later, here I am. It worked out. <laughs> How you, you said at the beginning you just you just knew some people uh, who needed help. Um, at the time, how was the you know um, the agenting world in and around Olympic sports like this? Um, were there a lot of people representing athletes in this space? There were a handful for sure, <clears throat> and I think in two thousand two. <clears throat> when you add like with the snowboard component, 98 was the first time snowboard was in, but then in 2002 is when it really kind of is, is snowboarding had been taking off and that was going to be a huge event, which it ended up being the Americans swept the podium. And so I think from a commercialization standpoint for winter Olympians, 2002 really was kind of the, the pinnacle that it had been happening in summer games um, some of some athletes in certain sports, like again, going back to 98, my wife at the time had sponsors, but strictly really as, as a skier that she was, and those sponsors carried on, she didn't have any Olympic sponsors going into 98, 2002 is really the first time where you saw athletes, um, in the winter Olympics signing deals ahead of time with like Wheaties or with Delta or right with some of the Olympic sponsors that really was in my mind at first, um, looking back, I mean, <clears throat> were there some in 94? Maybe, but it didn't seem like it. It seemed like really 2002 was when everyone started to sign Olympic sponsorships. So, so you know, those first uh, clients were just people you knew. Mm -hmm. How have you, you built this huge career? How do you approach uh, selecting clients? <laughs> what, what's the process of you? finding them and deciding, okay, yes, this is somebody I want to get behind. In the, in the early years, it was really interesting. And it still is for me a little bit. I'm not like, <clears throat> I'm not a, I'm not great at wanting to go up and just introduce myself and talk to someone about myself. So that's always been a little bit of a struggle. And the, and the early athletes came to me because 
we already had a relationship. I knew them or they knew my wife. There, there was a relationship already de developed. But then when it comes to like developing with new athletes, there, it was definitely a little bit of a struggle for me. I really had to come out of my comfort zone, which was probably really good for me just from a personal level. Um, so that was kind of interesting um, going through that process. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, you, you, I would, you know, do a lot of research on different athletes and, and seek out um, what sports. And I, I, you know, I really was hanging my hat in the early days in, in skiing um, in winter sports in particular, but skiing in particular, because that was my background. I knew skiing well, I had connections there. So that's kind of the area that I went after. The unique thing was when in 2002, when those, when the three guys swept the podium and snowboard half pipe, they all had agents and there was a handful of other people that were snowboard agents as well. But there was this thing free ski that was in the X games, wasn't in the Olympics, but no one was really paying attention to them in terms of agents. And I was like, wow. So that's because of that podium sweep, I was like, I'm going to go represent the skiers that are doing the same thing. They're going to, we're going to get them in the Olympics. They're going to be in the Olympics at skiing. It's going to be a big deal. And I was doing my research and, and there was a young 15 year old kid from um, Bethel, Maine, which is uh, near Sunday river. That's where he skied at and was just doing things on skis that was pretty incredible he was tiny at the time too like this he was i don't even know five foot four or something so he was tiny so speed was always an issue because he didn't have a lot of weight so what when he would have speed i mean he was in the half pipe he was going bigger than anyone had ever seen he just couldn't quite finish the run because speed by the end of the pipe is key but i was like this kid's going to be something so that between the olympics and then that moment signing this 15 year old kid um, which was a whole interesting situation in and of itself, dealing with parents and all of that. Those are, those are the things that made my career that started and really kickstarted my career. That's, um, I've skied Sunday, Sunday river many times. I've been to Bethel many, many times. My parents live in Maine. If I were going to Maine in, in a couple of days, uh, nice. my husband and I, and, and so, you know, one of the things that's interesting is with the, with the skiing, you're dealing with a lot of people from small towns, small town families, yeah. small town yeah. kids. And I imagine going to them and presenting this possibility that it's a lot more than just the small town. Uh, it's got to be an interesting conversation. It is. It really is an in interesting conversation because all of a sudden these parents are going to allow their kids to start traveling the world and everything else. You know, fortunately for me with this kid who um, it's Simon Dumont, he had it in his head that he was going to be the best and he saw other guys traveling around the world. And he was just like, that's, you know, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and he was an incredibly talented human still is. I mean, he can pick up anything and he's great at it. It's, it's a little bit um, disgusting how good he is at everything he does, but he's an extremely talented human. But when it came to skiing, he had this, just, he also has a level of, of competitiveness in him that he hates to lose. You hear that about athletes, but he was like, yeah. And the way he skied, you could see it. Like when he would get into a competition, it was like, he was competing against the course, not anyone else. He's like, I'm going to beat this course. I'm going to prove that this course, I'm going to tame it. I'm going to make it mine. <laughs> it was kind of interesting. Mentality of a champion. It's, it's very different from how a lot of other people think. Yeah. Uh, tell me about 
stumbling across a young 16 year old skier from Colorado named Gus Kenworthy? Yeah. So, I mean, because I got into free ski and with Simon, Simon and I just kind of really changed the landscape of free ski. It really kind of put me on the map in that sport. And, and a lot of athletes started to, um, you know, I'd signed another kid from New Zealand who was, who was just as good as Simon. And I started to have this roster that was like, not huge, but it was the, the guys in the sport. And so I had been paying attention to the next kids. And Gus was a kid from Telluride, Colorado, who was really good at every discipline. And that was always kind of key to me. I wanted kids who could do all three disciplines. There were a lot of kids that would just do slope style or just do half pipe, but I wanted kind of the real well-rounded guys because there was just more to them, right? That if they were doing three different sports or three different disciplines in big air, slope style and half pipe, when they would go to X games, there's more TV time, there's more exposure. Plus it just meant that they had more chances to win. And at a lower level, Gus was really winning, winning everything. <clears throat> and so we had actually started a, a glove brand, Simon and I, and a few others. And so the first time I talked to Gus was we wanted him to be sponsored by this glove company and be on the team. And so that was the first time I talked to him and, and he agreed. And so we did that, um, we did that deal, but through that, we started talking. And then there was a time where he, again, uh, an event that I was putting on for Simon in Bethel, Maine, we had this event called the Dumont cup and we invited Gus to it. Um, and Gus and I just rode up the chairlift and then skied down this run, which should have taken us all a matter of two minutes to get to the top of the course. We ended up stopped on the side of the hill and talking for about an hour about his goals and his career. And he was starting to have sponsors approach him just like we had with Empire and wanting help. And I was just like, dude, I really think you're really good. I mean, you just won slope style and half pipe at the Aspen Open. You're here, you're, you're skiing this course really well, which he did. He ended up in the top three at the Dumont Cup that year. Um, and it was just a unique. And, and again, he just fit the role of the athlete I wanted, you know? So I had Simon and Jossie and Torn and Gus. And I mean, I just had this crew of, of, of athletes that when, you know, I'd go to X Games and, and those other places, people would just be like, oh, okay. So you just have the guys. <laughs> So that, so that was kind of fun. And I've always prided myself on having a good relationship with my athletes. Like I really dig into who they are, not intentionally. It's just, you know, I care for their well-being and stuff. And so I've gone through a lot. I mean, I've had an athlete pass away. Um, she died um, in the half pipe. Um, I mean, she didn't die right in the half pipe, but a serious injury hospital for 10 days. And, and unfortunately she passed away. Um, and other stories like that. So, so for whatever reason, when I, when I pick up these athletes, I don't know it at the time, but there's always going to be something about them. That's going to be different outside of the sport. And, uh, and I'm, I guess I'm drawn to them because I like their character of who they are at the time. And it turns out their character is being developed by something external. So, so yeah. So eventually you learned that Gus had a secret, something that made him very different, something that obviously, uh, you know, our audience is why they have fallen in love with him. Um, talk me through him sharing that with you and the journey to the cover of ESPN, the magazine. 
Wow, that, that's a pretty big journey because um, there, there's a huge time gap um, for Gus and I with all of that. Um, so I had I had felt that after a couple of years, something was going on with Gus and we were having a conversation and I really didn't, I didn't know, but I just felt like, you know what, I'm going to share some things with him that I've gone through and this and that. And, and I, and one of those was, I told him that, you know, my brother was gay and I knew my brother was gay when I, I don't know, when he was, you know, 12, 13, but he didn't come out. I mean, my brother didn't tell me, you, you know, it's just like, you know, I was close enough with my brothers to know. And I just always felt like he's got to be gay. And sure enough, he came out when he was, upper twenties or right around 30 or something like that. But it was before, before, you know, I had worked with Gus and he came out and, um, and what was interesting is I, I have two brothers. I'm the oldest of three and out of us, I think my, my, my younger brothers, Jeremy and Christian are, are extremely talented athletes, but they didn't maybe to a degree where they probably could have been better athletes than me but they had no drive to, or care to really be in it. Whereas for me, it was like my life. I like, I'm, and still to this day, like I love being active. Um, because of that, I think Jeremy just, Jeremy saw me as like the, the, a man, a man's man that, you know, wouldn't accept it or anything else. And so he told all of his friends, he told my family, he told everyone and then came to me last because he was super nervous. And he said to me, he's aura, like, oh the aura of sports, right? The aura of men's sports. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's why, like what Gus did when he did it in the sport he did makes it even like, right. Like that, that's why it was so important, I think. And we, and we can get to that, but anyway, long story short, I'm, I get a little long winded on this stuff, but um, Jeremy said, Hey, I want to tell you I'm gay. And I said, Oh, I know. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, dude, I, I've known forever it really, it's not a surprise, but most importantly, are you happy? He's like, I really am. I'm like, great. That's all I care about. He's like, really? You, he's like, dude, I've been nervous to tell you. And I was like, no. And like, my parents had a hard time. My mom really had a hard time. My other brother was like, he was fine with it, but not like, who wasn't not supportive, but it wasn't like, he's like, oh, that's all, you know, like it, it took a lot of people for, whereas for me, I was just like, that's great. And all of a sudden he was just like, it was almost like the most relieved he'd been because out of everyone that he was worried about, I was the least judgmental. So when I took, you know, so anyway, telling Gus that kind of story, I think allowed him to feel like he had a confident. And so there was a night where I could just tell something was wrong. He was really down and upset. We were in the car. We were talking about a lot of different things. I was driving him to his hotel. We were at an event. And he just started crying and everything. And we had this long conversation and he was 18 at the time. And, and he came out to me, he's like, I'm gay. He's like, I really, I, I know I'm gay. He's like, I'm still struggling with actually saying that, but I haven't ever told anyone. Um, I've kissed a boy, blah, you know, like he told, he told me, you know, those things, but he's like, I, I don't know what to do. I don't. And I said, dude, I've got your back. I'm so proud of you for telling me. I'm so proud of you for who you are. You also need to know you're, you know, it's safe. I won't tell anyone. I'm not going to say anything. And, but you can always come to me. And whenever the time is right, if you want to come out or anything, you know, you have someone behind you, but he was in a sport that just like we said, right? Like, I mean, it was very common for like 
someone to do something and be like, oh, that was gay, you know? Right. And, you know, you'd hear people go, oh, here's such a, you know, the, there, there's a really cool camaraderie in the sport of free ski, but it was easy to throw around those terms. Just like you hear in the locker room, oh, dude, you're such a fag, you know? Like, even though they like each other, they would say those things. But to Gus, it was a different thing. Do, do you think when they say those things, do you think it's just what they say or are they saying, I hate gay people? Is it just casual? Like I'm not really thinking about this or are they saying a hateful thing? So in the, you know, we didn't know this at the time, but it turns out it was just, it was casual. It wasn't, it wasn't really derogatory. I don't think, I mean, there are probably some people in the sport and a couple that I, you know, whether it's sponsors or, or team managers or athletes and stuff that are a little bit homophobic, um, that I could, I could point to and say, I think you, I think they are, they don't, they haven't done anything drastic to really be that way, but you can just kind of, but on the most part, like when Gus did come out, all of a sudden everyone realized what they were saying and and they would be like, you know, like right away, they'd be like, oh, dude, that was so gay. And then they look at Gus and be like, dude, I'm sorry. And everyone started to change their way. So that was really cool. Like, but Gus didn't, you know, so like at, at 18, he comes out to me, but he's still competing mm -hmm. in the closet. He goes to Sochi, Russia, where it's very anti-gay and all of those things. And he's in the closet and he thought about coming out and everything, but it just didn't make, you know, he's like, well, I haven't even told my parents. And, and sure enough, I think there's, there's a lot of things and you can, you can hear him talk about this, but like when he won that silver medal and it was an American sweep, it, it made history. Plus he's saving dogs. I mean, he, he kind of becomes this. And if you go back and look at him, he's still a little kid at that time. I mean, his face was so, you know, like there's a child in there and everything else. And, you know, and he became a media darling. He was really on the spotlight for silver medal, for saving the dogs. I mean, he was on the Today Show multiple times for all of it, right? Like he just became the celebrity where we were walking down the streets in New York and he, and people would be like, oh my gosh, you're Gus Kenworthy and da, 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 you know? So it was pretty amazing uh, to see that. However, they would also ask him, do you have a girlfriend? Who's your, you know, it was around Valentine's Day. Who's your Valentine's crush? You know, all of these things to where, He's saying these things. Oh, I'm, I have a crush on Miley Cyrus, you know? And then she reached out of anyone. She reaches out to him, right? And like, and, and to this day, they are friends now, which is, which is great. But it's, it, it's just funny that, you know, all these, you know, girls were clamoring over him. And, and here he is telling the world all these things that he just felt like he was lying. And he's saving these dogs. But the one person who was really helping him save the dogs was his boyfriend. Right. But he couldn't say anything. Right. Um, couldn't say anything that it's my boyfriend. Like, why is Robin helping you? Oh, he's just a really good friend of mine. You know, like there was just this lie building up inside him. And and I think it really it really got to him because the next season he went. The year didn't start out great for him the next season. Here he is, the Olympic silver medalist, the sweetheart. You know, every every major event that's on TV, they're showcasing him. They want to talk about him. They want to talk about the dogs and everything else. There's all this pressure. And he's just feeling horrible because yeah. he's been telling this lie. And he goes to X Games and does, I mean, he's like in his head, he's like, I'm winning three medals. And he doesn't even come close because he has so much pressure on him. He's so 
the anxiety inside him for all the things, the pressure, who he was trying to ski. He would, he would try to do things on skis and dominate. So people thought would, wouldn't even think about who he was elsewhere. Right. Like he always thought about like having, you know, having a successful career, ending it and then coming out. And we were in the parking lot at, at X games. And so this is now, you know, so he tells me, you know, at the age of 18 and now he's 22 won the Olympic medal at the age of 21. Now he's 22 and we're at X games and he's a mess. He's crying. He's, he honestly, I felt like he wanted to kill himself. He was so depressed. He was just miserable. And I, I, it was, it was the first time I was super scared for, I had never really been scared for him before, but I was really scared now because of the things he was saying and how he was acting and just, you can feel the depression. I like, it's almost like I could see the depression sitting right in front of him, right? Like he was just miserable. And the only thing I could think of was like, Gus, you've got to, you've got to be yourself. I said, you've got to promise me that you're going to come to Park City because there was a big event, a World Cup the next week in Park City after X Games. And I said, you just got to promise me, come make it to Park City. Stay with me stay in the hotel that the U.S. team puts you up in, whatever it is, but come to Park City. We're going to hang out. We're going to have a good time and just ski for you. I don't care what you do. Let's ski to be 23rd, but ski is Gus Kenworthy. Don't ski to prove a point. Like you're just trying to prove something that you don't have to. And fortunately he did. He, he, uh, he came to Park City we had a good time together, hanging out. He started hanging out with his friends and just trying to be a little bit looser and didn't care about skiing, but he was top three in slope style and then the half pipe competition. And what he did in that half pipe competition had never been done before. He did four doubles in one run. Like it was insane. He blew the competition filled away. He won that event. So handedly it was insane. And he was on cloud nine and we talked, he's like, dude, that was amazing. And I'm like, that's awesome keep skiing for yourself. So he did the rest of the year. He dominated, dominated, won the overall title. All of those things just, just turned his entire season around. Um, and then the spring came around and he was just like, dude, I think I got to come out. And I'm like, okay, I think that's great. And so we, we put a plan in place and, and really for me, it was just like, Hey, what do you want to do? You, we, you, you can make a post on Instagram and we'll just run with it. Or you can just start telling people and we'll see where it goes or we can tell a story. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, I really think that there's a big story here and it has to be your decision. But I do strongly feel that who you are and the platform you provided to yourself by being so good can open up the door for so many others. I really think that you can make a statement and the statement isn't about you. It, it's going to be your story, but it's not going to be for you. It's going to be for everyone else that sees this story. And that made sense to him. He's like, okay. And uh, yeah, that's how we, you know, so we started brainstorming through X Games and all the people at ESPN. We knew a girl who wrote for ESPN, the magazine, Alyssa Ronek, and just knew that she would be the one because mm-hmm. She was, she was great at her craft of journalism already, as well as you just knew you could trust her. Like she was going to do, we knew she could do the story. 
without telling anyone she was doing this story and then come out. And, and she had to tell a few people internally to get the, you know, to make sure that we could get it in the magazine. We wanted it in print, but as she went to ESPN and started talking about it, the one thing that came up with ESPN was like, Oh, I think he needs to be on the cover because the one thing that Gus was doing also at the same time, which had never been done, not only was he going to be the first action sports athlete to come out and ESPN being a big supporter of action sports through X games, really put X games, you know, action sports on the map, but then no one had really come out while they were still competing while they were at the top of their game. Right. And that to ESPN was a pretty big deal. He really felt the need to come out for himself just because, you know, he just he saw what just being free and just and, and just being himself did. And, and, and it sounds like you saw like the bigger picture, like actually, yes, you have to come out for yourself. And that's so important. But you have the opportunity to come out for other people and to help other people. And you could <laughs> he, he, you, you helped him see that as well. Yeah, Gus has an extremely, uh, you know, one, he has a great platform, right? Like he has a lot of people that, and even at that time, and now it's even greater. So I think that there's something there and and Gus is, you know, Gus is doing a great job with it. That when you're, as an athlete, when you're given this kind of platform, you can, you can do really good with it, you know? You don't have to, I don't, I don't ever want to tell athletes like now you have this platform, you need to do something with it, but it's a question of, you know, if you do do something with it, like just understand you have the, the ability and Gus has that ability to do that with this platform. Second, he's extremely smart. He's very well-spoken. He's very in tune with what's happening in the world at any given moment and how to speak to the importance of things without it coming across as being, as pointing fingers or anything else, right? Like it, there's just a difference of being so, you know, pounding your chest, like this is the right way versus Gus knows what's right, but he can talk about it in a way that it, it's, he's strictly putting things out there in, in a way to explain like, this is why we need to change this, you know, all those things. Like he's just very, very good at that. And it makes people slow down and think. And I think that's the most important thing today is people need to listen more, especially as adults, we need to listen more. There are, I, I know this because I hear from them. Um, there, I hear from some of their athletes, their agents out there telling their athletes to stay in the closet, do not come out. What might you share with somebody representing an athlete, giving them that advice? I tell that athlete to fire that agent right away. I think that's the worst thing you could ever do, right? Like if you're, if you're struggling with it and someone's telling you don't come out, they obviously have no idea what you're going through. I still, to this day, can't relate, right? Like I'm a, I'm a, heterosexual male and I've never gone through anything quite like that I've gone through you know I've gone through things where I've struggled internally about who I am and stuff but not to that degree right 
So who are any of us to say, don't come out, do come out, all of those things. I think that it's 100% a personal decision. And if an athlete was wanting to come out, they need to be supported for that. And even if they're still wanting to be needing to be in the closet or wanting to be in the closet because they're afraid of coming out, whether you're a family member or an agent or whatever, and you know, but all those things, it's, you need to support them for whatever decision they want to make. But if you're telling them what to do, they have no business being in your life. That's my opinion. And we, you know, we see Carl Massive this year in the NFL having maybe the best year he's had in the NFL. You talk about yeah. Gus just being free and become, and just performing better. And that's what we hear over and over again from these from athletes who come out is that once they come out, they perform better. And it would seem <laughs> seems antithetical to me to to um, obviously ever suggest an athlete shouldn't come out. But I mean, if, if I were advising someone, I would suggest they do. I, I just think the performance level we repeatedly see go up Plus, and I wanted to talk about 2018, out gay athletes seem like uh, a, a sponsor and marketing dream. And there's this statistic that I read, and I'm, I'm curious if this is true. Was Gus, in fact, the most sponsored athlete at the 2018 Winter Olympics? I believe he was. I never sat down. Some people would tell me, like, dude. Gus has more sponsors than anyone, you know, and I never sat down. I, I, I mean, I don't sit down and count the number of sponsors that any of my athletes have. I would never done that. I never would, you know, my, my agenda is to do what's best for them and try to, obviously I need to make them money and then give them all the opportunities. And that's what I did with Gus. And, and we were able to capitalize on a lot of things. I think it was extremely important because those sponsors were giving Gus an extra platform to have a voice and there were pretty cool things that happened. Procter and Gamble put the first um, pride flag in a, in a national commercial. A pride flag had never been in a national commercial until Gus's head and shoulder commercial. I mean, that's insane. So we, you know, so for me, it was just creating opportunities for Gus and the brands that really wanted to help tell his story. I thought it was a great opportunity and, and the, the positive feedback from parents, from athletes, or even other kids in the closet, whether they were teenagers, all the way up. I mean, it made a huge statement and it was in, in a very powerful one. So you now obviously created a reputation for yourself where um, gay athletes know they can come to you and, and, and you're going to give them your attention and, and your respect. Tell me about the other out clients that you're working with. Yeah. So I have um, Connor Mostoe, or Connor McDermott Mostoy, who's a, a, an Olympic hopeful for long track speed skating. And I've also been working with Zach Heron, who is a up and coming NASCAR driver. He, he's, he drives NASCARs, um, but in the lower tiers from the sprint cup right now. Um, and so I've been trying to help him as well. I mean, I think the interesting thing is, you know, my, my first, honestly, my first take in helping these athletes is like, okay, what are they doing as athletes, right? Like, uh, it, it's not, I mean, just like with Gus, it's not like, oh, Connor's gay, so I'm going to go represent the gay speed skater. I mean, he, he came to me for several reasons, I think. I mean, he came to me, obviously, I mean, I think Gus is a good marker, you know, and so he's like, okay, Gus is guy. But he also didn't want to fall into the trap of being with other agents who just know speed skating. And that's one thing I've kind of prided myself on, even though I started in skiing, 
I mean, right away with Simon, it was like, let's go find bigger deals. And this kid, Simon had target and Toyota and sprint and V, you know, like we just did a lot of different things. And that's what I'm always looking for is to, to transcend the athletes, you know, whether they're straight, gay or, or anything else. Right. So realistically, I'm looking at them as like, who are they as a human? What's their brand? What do they represent? You know, with Connor and Zach, I mean, they represent their sport. They represent LGBTQ plus, they represent their family. They represent, right. Like not one thing makes them who they are. Um, just like Gus. I mean, Gus is not the gay skier. Gus is Gus Kenworthy, who happens to be a great skier, who happens to be an out skier, who happens to be a philanthropic, philanthropic, you know, um, human. Like there's just, it's the entire package that you really want to market. And, and if it's a straight female, it's the same thing. It's a female, she's straight, you know, I market that I market a straight male, right. However it is, but I, I, and maybe that's also why these athletes have come to me too, is because they see me as being able to do things for Gus in a way that's really, it's about Gus's brand. And, and so it'll be about Connor's brand and, and about Zach's brand and the things that they're passionate about, right? Like Gus is passionate about dogs and saving dogs outside of also being passionate about AIDS life cycle and the Trevor project. Doesn't mean, you know, Zach and Connor are going to have passions that are so different than that, you know, and even in the LGBTQ space, they may not want to be supporting Trevor project. It might be something else. And it's not, I'm not trying to say that they don't want to support Trevor project, but they might have like local ties or something that they're really passionate about. And that's, they need to focus their efforts and help fundraising and nonprofits and stuff like that. So, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of how I look at it a a little bit, but I do think it's a, a, you know, but, you know, being an out athlete, I think is extremely important today. Um, and when people say that it's, why is this such a big deal anymore? Well, go look at the comments they get in their Instagram. Go look at how many people still to this day want to bash them for being gay, that it's absolutely wrong, that they're going to hell, that they're going to die. They want them to die. I mean, the things that Gus got in 2018, as far as comments in his social or direct messages and all this kind of stuff, absolutely horrible. You know, to the point where like it affected his performance. There's no question. You can't be seeing all this. Of course, there's tons of positive, but we're human, right? And what do we all do? If nine people tell you how great you are and one people says you suck, you're gonna walk away going, holy cow, that person doesn't like me. They suck. You're gonna right, like you just have that natural ability. That person told me to go kill myself. That's right, pretty pretty powerful stuff that we see on social media, whether we want to or not. Right. And I'm not exaggerating. I mean, those comments are in his, you know, we're in there. I mean, and, and worse, like descriptive. I've gotten the emails for 22 years. People, people telling me they're going to come to my house and kill me. Like (laughs) I've gotten this for 22 years. So yeah, I know. It's, and, it's, and, and to hear that, you know, the possibility that affected his performance just, it's terrible. I remember, I mean, he, he made it to the final and, and, you know, he uh, didn't go, it didn't go so well, but people, you know, claiming, I just remember some, ah, oh, you, you, you finished last, you finished last minute to the freaking final, yeah. but they just, they love to go after him because he's gay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he had a winning run, but I mean, he had so much pressure and he was trying to compete in both slope and pipe. And so all through the whole Olympic qualifiers which were, there were four qualifiers 
And because he was doing two events, it meant he had to compete in a qualifying round and a finals round four times a week. So you add that up over, over four events, right. But like, where was he going to train? And he was getting so beat up and no one was, you know, in all honesty, you know, the U S team wasn't doing a great job of managing that form and helping him stay healthy. So when he got to the Olympics, even, and someone was like, he didn't, and I, he, they were like, he barely made the Olympics. And this was someone at the U S ski team. And I said, you realize he was the number one qualifier. He qualified first ahead of everyone on the U S team to make the soap style team. So I wouldn't say he almost didn't make it. He was your best going into this. event, And that was just factual, right? Like, so it, it was just frustrating. And then for that, you know, and some other people, and then I was like, I forced people to go look at his Instagram and read comments afterwards. And they're like, Oh my gosh, we didn't realize I'm like, of course you didn't because you don't, you're too blind to see what the impact that Gus is having, you know, both in a positive way, but plus the pressure he has. And, and at you is supposed to be, you know, the, the federation that's supporting him, you know, nothing about what's going on with him. It, there, there was some frustrations with me for sure with that at the time. No question. Well, again, as somebody who's worked in this space for a long time, I really appreciate you. I appreciate that, you know, you're not just this guy who chases after gay athletes to, to represent you are, you are, you know, you are the top of your game. You look for athletes at the top of their game and if they're gay, then great. And, you know, just the way that you treat the community with respect. Um, you know, I only know of three out guys right now who are aiming for, 2022 winter olympics and you represent two of them so that's kind of that 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 that, that speaks a lot about just again the level of athlete that you represent and just your openness and obviously the way that you've presented yourself and these people feel comfortable with you so i really appreciate you and i appreciate you taking the time um to to, to chat with me over a cup of coffee yeah no thank you and i just you know i you know i'd just like to say one thing is like i think that you know, if, if anyone's listening, who listens to this, that is unsure about coming out or anything like, you know, reach out, you know, email Gus, email, you know, or find ways to contact, you know, cause all these guys and, and just the fact that there's right now, we only know three potentially going to the 2022 games. I'm sure there's others that are going that aren't just aren't out. And that's why it's important. And I think if you reach out, you, you can find places locally in your community and stuff. And I'm heavily involved with a chair with an organization here in Utah that is strictly for providing a safe haven for kids who are needing to come out or just came out and are feeling alone and all that kind of stuff. Like there's places out there that you can find and there's people that you know, will a hundred percent support you. And I know it's scary and everything, but, you know, I think even through you and what you've been doing, you know, like if they can reach out through this podcast and find those places, I think it's extremely important for them to find places where they could be celebrated. And, and I was at a fundraiser last night and that's something that someone said at, at this. It's like, it's not about, don't, you don't want to just accept them who they are we need to celebrate who they are, right? Like there's a, that's a difference. It's like, oh, it's okay that you're that way. No, it's amazing oh, that you're true to yourself. 
I say this all the time. People are, oh, I, you know, I look forward to the day where, you know, nobody comes out and, you know, we're just, we're just, you know, we don't have to point out our differences. And I say the same exact thing. Celebrating diversity should never go out of style. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was, I didn't even know this, but Dwayne Wade has a child. He was there at this fundraiser here in Utah last night and telling us about his, his daughter who now is a trans and listening. I mean, you just, I like, you start to realize how many people are affected by this and just how, like, there's just these voices out there that can really provide support and, and it's growing, but we need to grow up more. And, and like this, you know, the whole thing last night was like, we need more in circles for people to have a place to go. But the ultimate goal is to have never have an in circle again, a place where these people have to go. It should just be right. But until then we need to have the, we need to have places all around the country and around the world where these people are celebrated for who they are. And, and it'll, it'll continue to grow for sure. We have to evolve as a, as a human race in all aspects. I mean, change is inevitable. So why can't we just change with what's going on? Michael said at the end there that if you need help, if you're an LGBTQ athlete struggling, you need some guidance to reach out to him or somebody on his team. So they're all on Instagram. Michael is at mtspencer11, that's S-P-E-N-C-E-R, 11. Gus Kenworthy is Gus Kenworthy on Instagram. He and his million followers. And Connor is C-O-N-O-R dot M-M. Give any of them a follow and and reach out and and say hi. I've gotten to spend time and talk with all of them and they're all great guys. And they're all looking to help. So that's, that's always a cool part when you meet somebody who's really good at what they do and they're looking to help people. I appreciate Michael stopping by and hope that we get to cheer on at least two of his clients uh, at the Winter Olympics. Never know who we might pick up in the um, two of his out clients. I'm sure we'll be cheering on many of his clients at the Winter Olympics. And uh, thanks for listening again. Come on back next week. I have uh, a really cool person I met. Just started communicating on National Coming Out Day. Even though they've been out for a while, they're going to come on and talk about their experiences. But that'll be all next week. Talk to you then. Bye.